Greetings, friends. Welcome to the Pin Tool Podcast. My name is Al Wayman, owner of Creek Road Pottery in Laceyville, Pennsylvania, next to the cold Tuscarora Creek. Pull up your chair around the wheels. We discuss topics concerning the art and craft of pottery, good books, storytelling, marketing, and creating work that matters for folks who care. Greetings, friends. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 11 of the Pin Tool Podcast. My name is Al Wayman, and today is Sunday, and I am recording this inside my pottery shop. Because, friends, I got everything thrown all overs, and I have my fall show coming up next Friday. And um, I need to fire a bunch of things out and prep for the fall show. I have a bunch of pots already made up because I was able to be on an artist trail at Soaring Gardens up here in Laceyville, Pennsylvania. It's an artist retreat. And I was on the open studio artist tour and I had a really good weekend. I was way out in the middle of nowhere and I was really, really worried that uh, people would not show up, but they did. And I was very surprised and I made out fairly decent and I was really happy with um, the amount of work I sold. I was doing demos and I had some great conversations with people. And to me, it's not about the revenue. Uh, it's about conversations and hearing people's stories and talking about the pots, showing them how pots are made and getting, getting them excited about handmade and hand crafting and the art of making pots. So a bunch of a bunch of supporters came by and a bunch of people on the tour. I got to meet some new people, made some new friends, and that's always a good thing, right? So then I came back last week and I put everything in my shed. And so I need to construct the shelving today and I need to put pots on those shelves so I know how much work that I need to make um, this week to get ready for that show. That might sound kind of silly um, doing work in one week, but I have a bunch of larger pieces already drying. I just need to run a bisque fire and then a glaze fire for some baking dishes. And then if I throw mugs tonight, I can handle tomorrow and get them in the bisque by Tuesday and then have them glazed Wednesday and come out Thursday. So it goes right along, and I've known folks who have thrown pots in the morning and have them handled in the afternoon and completely dry by night. I do have a warming box that I can put all the pots into, and um, I put a dehumidifier in front of that, sucks all the water right out of it, and dries it up nice. So with the sun, I had on and off rain today, and I wasn't able to get some of those larger pieces, especially the big bowls, uh, dry enough. So I'm probably going to put them in the box overnight and then start up slow, maybe in the morning, and run a bisque of large pieces. So I have five kilns, so there's no danger of not having enough firing space to be able to work a lot of this a lot of these pots through in time. So that's a good thing. 
so I just need to make. And uh, today, later on, I hope to maybe get uh, at least 50 more mugs done. And I'm looking here, and I think I have enough bowls. So, so that's a good thing. I still need to unpack a few crates that I brought back. And so, on and on it goes, right? So I probably should mix some more of the uh, rutile glaze. In the fall, I like to run uh, the rutile because uh, the way things fire on the different shelves, and you heard uh, in past episodes how I enjoy firing the gas and I am able to get different results from different shelves by the way I fire the kiln in the gas and um, so I like the fall colors that come out with the rutile glaze and um, two years ago I ran the whole show off just one large pail of rutile and uh, the pots turned out beautiful I thought anyways <clears throat> so today uh, in our episode we're gonna talk about the idea of bringing your concepts into prototypes. So last time we talked about idealization, like in your sketchbook, coming up with ideas on what you would like to make, how to get such ideas, and how to form them, and where they come from maybe, and what influences you to have an idea. So if you have not heard, that last episode, go go back. That's that's still part of our pottery design series that we're working on. And some of these concepts can get deep. But hopefully I can explain it in a way that gets you excited about creating new things. And don't let anyone tell you that things have already been done. Uh, that, to me personally is a bit lazy creatively just throwing up your hands right because there's a million ways of doing things and i've only seen a few and uh, if you understand the basic concepts of a few things like form and what that is and volume what that is you can you can create things around that to make some amazing work that tells your story to the world because friends we don't have that long if i live to be 86 i probably only have 13,623 days left right to tell my story to the world and if you don't tell your story to the world who will and if you don't do it now who will and if you leave it up to somebody else to tell your story you may not like how they tell it and what they have to say right because they're going to screw it up only you can tell your story to the world all right so meet me back here in the studio and i'll push aside some of these crates some of these pots and make room for you to bring in a chair while we go over some ideas on how to bring about your prototypes that you put in your sketchbook from your ideas and concept evaluation. 
and some things that you can do and that other potters do to make both what you make enjoyable for the user and for yourself as you work your idea to completion through the steps and through the touches that you need to do to have it come out of the kiln correctly. And I think you're going to enjoy this episode. So go get a coffee. I'm going to get a coffee and we'll meet right back here at the Pottery Shed in Laceyville, Pennsylvania. And we'll go over concept, evaluation, creativity, and incubation, right? Those are big words. All right, so I'll meet you back here. Greetings, friends. Welcome back. And uh, pull up a chair in the shop here, and we're going to start our discussion on design and creativity and concept evaluation. So when you make a design in your sketchbook there's a whole bunch of things that maybe you should think about if you would like your form to tell your story and to communicate the best that it can so to me bad art is simply form that communicates poorly. So I see function as a form of communication. I see craftsmanship as a form of communication. So you want all of those things to be able to not distract from the story you're trying to tell and from the story that your form is trying to tell due to lack of certain things, lack of craftsmanship, lack of color, maybe lack of Um, function, right? If your cup leaks, it will not be able to communicate to the user the way you want it to because the leaking will be a distraction from that message, right? Poor craftsmanship will be a distraction from that message and from that story. So, I have no idea what good craftsmanship might be. And there are no pottery police that come around and tell you what should be done or how a pot should look or how a form should look or what you should put on it ways of processes ways of doing things 
because for every rule you have, there's 10 people who push those boundaries and change those rules, right? And you need to come to discover certain rules for yourself on how you want your forms to communicate. So what are what is a form? We, we talk about forms a lot in pottery and it's a simple and it's a simple idea. So we make three-dimensional art which is which are physical environment things and products. So it's an actual format or product of selected materials and our material is clay and form is the primary identifying characteristics of volume and volume is the product of points lines and planes so you can manipulate all those things on your form by points, lines, and planes to create your volume to make it tell your story and to function the way that you would like it to function. I have no idea what a mug is but I only have a little bit of an idea of what it's not. To me, a mug needs at least a handle to function as a mug, or it would be a cup without a handle. So you see what I mean? So the mug form could be volume with a handle on the surface. It could be a square, it could be a wide range of things. So you see what I'm getting at. It can get real complex. So if somebody came up to me and said, hey, this mug is not a mug. I would say to them, tell me a little bit more about why you believe this form is not a mug and they would say my mug is not a real mug because it may leak and it cannot hold liquid I would say maybe the mug was not constructed to hold liquid and the very idea of it not being able to hold liquid on purpose is making a statement and telling a story on that form that has a handle. So, so you can see how complex this is. Even, even casserole dishes. I have no idea what a, what a good casserole dish might be. But I do have a little bit of an idea of what a bad one might be. <laughs> so you can see how complex this can get so this opens up the field to a million different things and a million different creations in a million different ways
So let's talk about some of those ways that we create our forms and tell our stories through them. So a really good book, a really good book is Functional Pottery, Form, and Aesthetic in Pots of Purpose by Robin Hopper. If you have not gotten this book yet, friends, uh, I would recommend it. I read through this book and it's amazing. And it's one of the better books that I know of on the idea of bringing your, bringing your forms into something that can communicate pretty well. And so all of these things listed in this book are to assist you. These are not hard rules because everybody is so different and we create our forms so differently in many different ways. And there's a million ways of doing things that I just said, but these are suggestions and you need to find your own rules and come into those rules as you make your forms and as you want your pots to communicate without distractions. So, one really good exercise is to take one of your pots and sit down and look at your pot for three hours straight. You're going to hate the first hour, but by hour two and three, you're going to see a lot of things about your work and discover a lot of things about yourself looking at that pot. That might sound silly, and you'd be like, Wayman, I don't have three hours to sit and look at my form or my creation and observe what it is and think about it. But I would say you have that much time to maybe scroll on your phone mindlessly to where you would blow three hours on Facebook or on Instagram and other social media sites. So why not? And you owe it to yourself. Learn more about yourself by observing what you're doing rather than mindless scrolling on a phone, right? So you're allowed to take bathroom breaks. But go ahead and set up a pot. Start in the morning, right? So you're done by nine. And have a look at your work. Turn off your phone. You're allowed to take bathroom breaks. But look at that pot endlessly. Turn it around and you will discover things that you've never seen before. And you will come up with ideas simply because you're bored about how to make that form better, how you want it to communicate better, what is working, what it's not working. You will be thinking about volume and line and planes and points and texture patterns and color, the depth of the glaze, all kinds of things. And it's quite amazing. So to get back to Robin Hopper's book, pots, if they function, are made to be used. And he lists in these chapters some amazing things 
and I'm going to list, I'm going to talk about a few of those on how to, on what to think about when creating your form to be used. Now, there's a twist to it that Robin Hopper does not get into. The twist is you need to make your forms to be able to be used and communicate well on what your story is to both the user and to yourself in the creation process. So what do I mean? So when Robin Hopper talks about functions, methods, shapes, proportion, ratio, anatomy of pots, the rhythm and balance and roots of pots, the details of pots, the bottoms and the feet and the lips and the mouths and the edges, pots for eating from, bowls and plates, pots for drinking, beakers, tumblers, handless cups, pots for storage, pots for pouring from, pots for rituals and contemplation, and cooking pots, all kinds of things. And even thinking about the anatomy of the human body when you're building your forms. Um, but there's another side to it. If you're going to make these pots over and over again you want to design certain elements into it to make even the creation process go smoother for you and i'll tell you what you what 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 i'm getting at here which robin hopper and a lot of other writers don't get into is the idea of creating elements on your work that assist into completing the making processes easier. For example, I may put a rolled edge on the bottom of my mugs so that I can hold them while putting them in a dipping glaze. Um, I know some artists who create plates with raw rims so that they're easier to stack face-to-face -face in a glaze firing. I know that Simon Leach has bowls that are not glazed on the outside, but only the inside. And he does this spray ash um, element to him that gives it a little bit of color but he is able to stack his bowls face to face to fit more in the kiln on a single fire rather than glazing the whole bowl so that not only saves him money and time it creates a more practical way for him to create the forms to tell his story and he does that in a way that is not a distraction so that's amazing when you think about it so 
I would spend time. So, so here, here's what I would do. And I've done it before. After you're done looking at your pot for three hours, go to some artist YouTube page that you know does production work. And that will be able to help you decide what to put on your form to make even the creation of your project or your form a little bit easier on yourself and still have it be done in a way that is intentional and it doesn't distract from the communication that your form is trying to convey. All right, so we got through that. So there are a bunch of things to think about when creating uh, your form. And we talked about a few ways that putting elements and adding elements to your form makes it easier in the creation and production process. So when you're throwing it on the wheel, there's endless tricks and ways that you can make the creation process easier. So in the show notes, I'm going to put a interview um, to another podcast by a potter, and he talks about using a stick. And he uses that stick, and it has marks on it. And he's used it for years for plates and bowls and doing measurements for pots and lids. And he knows what each mark is. And if he uses the same mark on that stick every single time, he knows that he will be able to get his galleries correct on his lids. And the width of his pots will be almost the same every time, the width of his plates, how they're created because of his throwing stick. So that's just one tool, right? So he's telling his story and he's communicating and he's building in ideas to make the process faster and more practical to save on time and money and energy and effort loss, material utilization, all that comes into play by using a throwing stick for measurement. So that's just one way. And there are hundreds of ways, probably that I don't even know about, that people use to make their processes easier to create and communicate without distraction. So so that's, that's one example. So also, you would need to ask yourself, how does your form look when it's used? So if I'm making a casserole dish, I may make up a prototype of a casserole dish, and I may take it to one of my super fans. And I may say to her, I'm going to give you this casserole dish to use. And I want you to bake in it, and I want you to serve from it. And then tell me the steps that you used. And I may even watch her 
If she allows it, I may watch her bake it and make it and serve from that dish or from that form and then from that gain information about how your forms are used and if it's communicating the way you want it to when it's being used. Also, you should think about how your form looks when it's not being used and when it's being set in a room or on a table. And also, you should ask how your form works. Is it working correctly? Now, one thing that always bothered me is covered dishes. The covers on them could function as a bowl form when flipped. And many potters, they ruin their lid form that could function as a bowl by putting a handle on the top that can't be used as a foot. And when I discovered this, I was like, all my lids now are going to be able to be flipped and function as bowls because I'm going to be conscious to the fact that the lid is a bowl form or a plate form that if the handle also functions as a foot, that lid now becomes multifunctional. And when storing things and putting things in cupboards, people enjoy things, in my opinion, that are multifunctional. So that's just an example of a lid. And there's a million ideas that are out there that you could add to or change forms to make them better or improve them. So if I see my superfan using the casserole dish, how she carries it, I may think about handle designs. When she pulls it from the oven, I may think about um, how it's being held. When she serves it, I may think about the ladle that she that she's scooping the casserole out with onto a plate. Is it easy to get out of there? How's it being um, how's it being used? Is that gallery inside that casserole dish that has a lid that can be flipped for a bowl? Is that lid gonna get dam is that lip gonna get damaged in any way when the scooping out of the food is being done? And is that gallery deep enough to maybe add water around the rim of that bowl and use that casserole dish as a fermenting crock to make um, to make sauerkraut multi-use again so thinking about that uh, how your forms function and how they relate to their environment and what they're trying to communicate is is kind of important and after that after you get all those basic ideas 
and elements put onto your pot, then you can start thinking about other things like surface design and color and texture patterns and a wide host of things on what you want your pot to say. So, so I had a good book on, and I wanted to promote this book because it's a, it's a great book on texture. And it's, um, let me get it here. This is Surface Decorations, Surface Decoration for Ceramics, A Creative Guide for the Contemporary Maker. And this was a great book I picked up and uh, not too long ago. And I'll put it in the show notes. And once you get your form down, and once you thought about all those things that we discussed about functional forms, and aesthetic, and the purpose of your pots, your pots in use, and how it communicates, then you can get into the surface decorations and tell many stories with your forms using um, good craftsmanship, whatever that might be, right? And having good communication from your form to the user. I don't know what a good pot might be, and I only know a little bit about what it's not. But it's your story, so you get to tell it how you like, and you get to make up rules and have set standards on how your forms go together, what elements you want to put on them to have them be more functional to both you in the creation process and to the person who is using it. And how do they feel about that? So we influence a whole host of things when bringing our idea to a prototype and to a real functional pot. That is amazing to me. All right, so that got kind of deep and you, you'll probably need a break. So the book that I'm using for the concept of design is called Basic Visual Concepts and Principles for the Artists, Architects, and Designers. And this is by um, Charles Walschleger and Cynthia Snyder. So if you can pick up this book that I just massacred the name of, um, it has been a great help to me. And I got this book way back in Foundation Art School. And I have kept it through the years and I still go back and look at the basic design elements, troubleshooting, the basic definitions of what form is and what volume is and some ideas around that. And we're going to continue on because there's a lot more to this design um, project that we're talking about. And I hope one of you, I hope one of you uh, enjoy talking about design and bringing your ideas to a three-dimensional 
form that communicates well. So I still have my own problems I'm working on, right, around craftsmanship. Um, my problem is leaving boogers on the pots from trimming, right? So I use this wood rasp, and sometimes when I'm working with the bisque, uh, and they come out of the kiln, I look for those now, and I try to take those off. And I try to take them off during the leather hard stage for sure, but sometimes I miss them. And also, little burrs on my handles. I need to clean up my handles better because that's a distraction. If you feel a little lump while you're holding the cup, you're not going to be able to enjoy the glaze and the surface and the color and the texture and all the elements, symbols, and things that may be on that mug because you got pricked a little bit because of a booger that got glazed over, right? So that's a distraction. So make up, make up the rules for you. You'll, you will discover rules for yourself and place expectations on yourself, but you need to do that yourself. There's no pottery police that's gonna come over here and tell me that I forgot a booger on my pot. But Mrs. G, my favorite customer, may. She may put her hand into that handle and feel a little pick and she'll say, ooh, this handle feels uncomfortable. And that is a distraction the story that my pot is supposed to be telling right so that's why good craftsmanship however you define it needs to be part of the design concept of your forms all right so i'll put a lot of books in the show notes that we discussed and um, that podcast and i'll put a few potters that do production work in the show notes so that you can see them creating elements on their work to make their making process of forms easier. So that was pretty deep. And I just want to thank everybody who's hung in there. I know you're probably nodding off like you're at the Sunday sermon, but uh, hopefully one person will get something out of this and think about their designs a little bit more and use some of the things that I discussed here. So if that's the case, uh, let me know. Shoot me an email at krigropottery at gmail.com. Stop over to my blog and say hi. Read about, read about my, uh, my updates and stories about my hometown. And let me know what you think of the podcast. Hit like on your favorite listening podcast platform because that helps me out and it also helps me out if you give me feedback and maybe some suggestions on what you would like the podcast to be because this is your podcast as much as it is mine and I really appreciate you all listening in and I would do this even if only one person listened. And I never take anybody for granted. And I appreciate you all. So, take care. And take care of yourselves and each other. And happy potting!